0: Now, no. 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 Now, your weekly dose of inspiration, inspiration perspiration, 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 and just the right amount of bull defecation. Ah! The Getcha Some Radio Show, with your host, the Vice President of Making Shit Happen, Terry Lancaster. Greetings and salutations, everyone! Welcome to the Getcha Some Radio Show. And don't know how familiar you are you are with the show. The show is for entrepreneurs and salespeople by entrepreneurs and salespeople. And it's about entrepreneurs and salespeople. And of course I'm online all the time. I'm your host, Terry Lancaster. I'm online and I'm in sales groups and I'm in entrepreneurs groups and I'm talking on Facebook and I'm doing all kinds of stuff. And I run across a lot of salespeople and entrepreneurs who get caught up in the flashy bravado bling bling thing of being in sales and being an entrepreneur. And I, I see this meme that I, that, uh, that brings me down all the time. It says, entrepreneurship is living a few years of your life like most people won't, so that you can spend the rest of your life living like most people can't. And every time I see that, I go, oh, well that person probably hasn't been in sales and entrepreneurship too long because it's a bumpy ride everywhere you go. (laughs) It's a bumpy ride and if you stick around any length of time, you're gonna find that out and that's why I love today's guest. I picked up his book to, uh, to get ready for the show. The book is called Shit Sandwich, and our guest is Steve Stauning, And uh, we're going to have Steve on in just a minute to talk about the show and talk about his book, which, is, by the way, is, is the yellowest book I believe I have ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> but I picked it up, and I turned to the first page, and the first page says, if you're successful, if you're in sales, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're, if you're a leader, if you have any success at all, your success is going to be equated to how much shit you eat every day in big bites and in little bites. And the more successful you are, the more shit you're gonna to have to eat. And the longer you're in business, the more shit you're gonna to have to eat. There is no heaven at the other side of the pearly gates. It's a struggle each and every day. And every day you have to eat a shit sandwich. We'll be back with Steve Stoning to talk about that right after this. Being the
1: boss is fun. Taking your ideas, turning them into something new, and watching it grow. Oh, it's a lot of work but it's a lot of fun, until it's not. Most businesses reach a point where good ideas, common sense, and hard work just aren't enough anymore. They get stuck. Now it's time to get unstuck. Unstuck, 10 proven strategies for breaking through the barriers to small business
0: growth. Get your copy today and get unstuck. Steve, how you doing, buddy? Jerry, I'm great. Thanks for having me. Oh man, I am. I'm glad to have have you on the show. And uh, I got to tell you, I did. I did love the book. I was reading the book, and it is. Uh, first of all, the uh, the 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 concept is great. That just you know just 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 eat the frog. Was that the uh, who said, was that Brian Tracy? Eat the frog every day. Yeah. You got You got to eat the frog, and that's what the book is. Eat your eat your shit sandwich. And the uh, the book is in is in bite sized bites, so you can read one chapter a day and and go through your lessons and. And uh, I think you you hit the nail right on the head because so many people get get caught up in this image of being successful. And the image of being successful and the reality of running your own business, of selling to a group, don't have a whole lot to do with each other.
1: Absolutely true. You know, one of the things uh, about the book and the way it came about is uh, we look at some of the success literatures that's out there today, and, and unfortunately, it's not creating... More successful people like that. So you know, there's still only one Grant Cardone. There's still only one Gary Vee. And while their books are great and they're helping people become better, people aren't becoming multi-multi-millionaires over it. Some people just want to live a great life, and that's what Shit Sandwich was about. It's not about if if what you want is to be make millions, well, then it'll help you get there. But it, if you just want to live a great life, it'll, it'll help you understand that, like you say, there's no heaven at the end of this. We're always eating shit sandwiches. The yeah. bigger we get, the more shit sandwiches we have.
0: Yeah, it's, it's 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 day in day out it, it, it's going to be a struggle and that's that's what I tell everyone uh, that uh, you can't get where you're going without starting where you are and so many people look at the Grant Cardones and the Gary V's and they go I want to be that. Right. And they they skip all the all the little <laughs> struggles and obstacles that you have to do, the years you have to put in, the all the work you have to get, all the shit you have to eat to make that happen. But, so tell us tell us about your story. How did you get here? What 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 did you have to eat?
1: You know, it. Uh, I grew up dirt poor, and uh, if I wanted anything, I had to earn the money myself. So, was as young as eight, and I think I may have even been younger, but I was selling candy door to door when I was eight years old. Um, and it was 1971, so you could do that back then. It was fairly safe. After that, I had two paper routes I ran one in the morning, one in the afternoon. I was always hustling, always trying to find a way to make a little bit of money so that I could have spending money. And, and that's sort of where. I've come from. Nothing has come easy for me. You know, nothing's been handed to me. Uh, I went in the Marine Corps in 1981 when I graduated high school. I was a Russian linguist in the U.S. Marine Corps from 81 to 85. And that's really where I learned sort of discipline and dedication that I didn't have before that. Prior to the Marine Corps, I hustled, but I hustled out of necessity, right? And, And out of the need to earn a living. And then when I left the Marine Corps, there was a dedication in that as well. So, uh, prior to the Marine Corps, I took jobs for granted. Uh, I had some jobs only a day, right? I quit the first day because I knew I'd get another job. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but after that, I understood that it, you know, we have to eat these shit sandwiches. You can call it what you want, but that nothing is, is perfect. Nothing is, is the best situation ever. Everything has its, its ups and its downs. And, and a lot of times there are more downs and ups. And so uh, when I left the Corps, I put myself through college. Uh, I had lots of jobs in college, but my first job was selling cars. And if you want to eat a lot of shit sandwiches early <laughs> on, start selling cars. Uh, in 1985, it was great. We all made money in the car business. There was no internet. So it was pretty cool back then. Um, today, my passion is really about challenging leadership roles. So while I do a ton of public speaking and I do a lot of training and consulting with businesses, I really enjoy sort of assembling a team and, and taking on those huge issues that seem insurmountable to the people who are closest to those issues. Um, I live for turning around small divisions or, or even large companies, and, and that's sort of where I've taken my consulting and my training to today. And, mm-hmm. You know, All of that goes back to an eight-year-old carrying a, a dirty box of chocolate, going door to door, selling it to people who, frankly, didn't want to see me and didn't want to buy from me.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I, and I, I think that I, I tell my kids that the greatest skill you can ever have, and I don't know how much this is sunk in, but I say it every day if they listen, the greatest skill you can ever have is the ability to talk someone else into giving you money. And I, I, they, they must have gotten pretty good at it. They can talk me into giving them money. So we, we have to see how they do with everyone else. But then that's a skill that we had, we, we had to learn early on as, as, as children of the 70s and 80s. I, I didn't sell candy door to door, but I, I carried a milk jug full of gasoline around, around East Nashville, knocking on doors and mowing lawns. And that's how I yeah that, that, that's how I got through and put myself through college and, and, and did all this stuff. And I think that's a skill that, that again, so many people overlook that the, uh, the obstacles that you have to get through because they get caught up in the glory and the image of, of being successful. And so one of the things, uh, a couple of the chapters that I liked in the book, where you had a couple of chapters about image, about presenting yourself as successful and, and neck tattoos. Tell us, tell us about the, how, how image can, can go into building your success.
1: You know, we, we would all like this utopia where everyone could be themselves and show up at work and, and dress how they want and look how they want. But the fact is, is that as human beings, we judge others. We've always done that. You know, the, the only reason you are, you and I are alive today is because our ancestors didn't trust people from other tribes, right? And so those who did trust unconditionally were killed, right? They were, right. They were run over. And so the point is, is that we've been bred over the years to to like people who are like us. And I'm not talking about color, or race, any of that stuff. What I'm talking about is, say the neck tattoo. We, the chapter of the book is nothing says don't promote me like a neck tattoo. And the idea is, unless you're Allen Iverson, and even he's having money troubles today, but unless you, you know, unless you're at the pinnacle of your career, you don't get to be yourself. You know, I shaved this morning. I just got back from a cruise, and I, and I had a good little white beard going. Um, But I shaved today because the image that I want to present to your audience and and to, you know, my future business partners is that of a clean shaven uh, person, you know, a a businessman. And so while I would love to grow my hair long, like I had it in eighth grade or high school, or while I would love to not shave for weeks on end, uh, you know, the fact of the matter is I have to conform and that conformity is not a bad thing that conformity helps me reach my goals. And it's a shit sandwich that I have to eat. You know, I didn't want to shave this morning, but I did. And yeah. it's, you know, it, these tiny things and these image things are, are so often what hold us back. And I and I think the the example in the book, you know, was about a mechanic who's, who's fantastic. He's never going to be a shop foreman because he's got that neck tattoo. And that's what people see first, every time they look at him.
0: Well, one of the things I, I like to talk about is, is how things have changed and how much they, they've stayed the same. And, and we talk about an image and you are, you are the clothes that you wear and the clothes make the man or in some cases the neck tattoo make the man. But uh, in, in today's reality, so many of our first impressions happen online. So how do you think this, this, this problem with, with neck tattoos and presentation, how is that translating into the new reality where everyone meets on Facebook and, and jobs happen on LinkedIn and and, every, and you are who Google says you are?
1: You know it, interesting. It, it, it really means that we have to watch ourselves uh, because at, you know, as you know, companies are using your social media profile to decide whether to hire you, to do business with you, to see what you're up to. Uh, people are being fired based on what they post on social media. And all of those things mean that we have to eat more shit sandwiches, right? So in the old days, 1971, selling candy door-to-door, I would never call a customer a name, right? Or, you know, if somebody was a jerk to me. I would never say it to their face while I was at their door. But I could certainly go home and tell my dad, hey, yeah, there was this asshole up the street. Of course, I didn't use that word today.
0: And not, not to today, dad, as, anyway.
1: As an eight-year-old, no. Yeah, not <laughs> to dad. But my point is is that I could have my opinions outside of work prior to the Internet. Today. I, if I have those opinions, I can't put them online because it's 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 part of it's part of my public persona. Even if I think it's private, even if I think it's only for my friends, and so all of those image things they roll together. Listen, are they? Is it fair? Is it fair that people judge you because of your neck tattoo? No, it's not. It's reality, and sometimes, most often, reality is not fair. And that's kind of the big message in shit sandwiches. Life's not fair. It, it is what it is, and yeah. and that's. You know that's the way it is. We, if you want to be successful, understand that piece, right? Learn to play the game.
0: Yeah, well, it, it, it's it's not fair. enough. To, the old nine to five is now the twenty four is now the twenty four seven. There's no such thing as privacy anymore. And I see so many people bad mouthing their bosses and bad mouthing their customers on Facebook like this doesn't get back to them. Like every everyone doesn't have the internet,
1: right? I I don't understand it. But, you know, that is a shit sandwich I have to eat. I I love my opinions. I absolutely love my opinions. Would love to share them constantly. Uh, And I have to stop sometimes or not sometimes. I don't know, two dozen times a day. I don't (laughs) don't post something, right? Because, frankly, one person out of 20 would be offended. and, And you do that enough. And now suddenly you've offended everyone.
0: Yeah, and it, it, it's, it's the same thing I said. It's, it's the same old story. There's, there's nothing new under the sun, and your grandmother told you when you're in kindergarten, be nice to people. And you know, being nice to people means not calling them a jerk, even if they are a jerk. And so if your grandmother knew this 100 years ago, and she knew not to say it at church or at school, at the PTA in front of everyone but now it's the exact same thing, except we have the opportunity, a bigger microphone, to call people jerks. There's a, you had a couple of chapters in there about the role that being nice. And, and and even more importantly, being happy uh, pre- presents to you the opportunities that happiness and niceness provide
1: yeah, so there's this uh, and we we don't get too deep into it in the book, but there's this this uh, concept called cognitive dissonance and basically says what's in your head or your heart uh, has to be the same as as what you have on the outside or or they're they're in dissonance they they don't if they don't agree, you're going to be in uh, you're not going to be happy and 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 you're going to have to fix one or the other. one of them's going to change to meet the other. so the concept is, is if you if you want to be happy, then just be happy because eventually it will face it will come to your inside as well. Uh, if you want people to be nice to you, just be nice. I mean that's a verb, and you can you you can just start to be nice to people, and you'll start to feel better. They'll feel better, of course, but you begin to make yourself feel better on the inside. And it's you know how you feel on the inside is such a big piece of everything you do. Waking up in the morning, going to bed at night, you know. Eating right, eating healthy, not, not drinking too much. All of these things come from this place of I'm, I'm satisfied with what's going on in my life. I'm satisfied with who I am, who I know, and who I interact with.
0: Yeah, and you—you you and I were talking before the show got started. I—I kind I of a, a couple of my uh, my nerdiness pops out uh, when I start talking about some of these concepts that that seem seem like new ideas, but you look back and they're they're a couple thousand years old. And everything you just described, Marcus Aurelius described in his Stoic philosophy two thousand years ago, and it's in, in in the Bible, and you know, you reap as you sow. And it's uh, a lot of these. I was going to ask you about how. This mentality, because Marcus Aurelius was the Roman warrior, how this connects with, you come from the Marines, and this warrior mentality, people think warrior mentality is fight, kill, stab, you know, and and, and the machismo end of it, but so much of what you're talking about that comes from being a warrior, and what Marcus Aurelius was speaking about that comes from being a warrior, is the inner discipline, the inner peace uh my favorite one of my favorite quotes from a movie called roadhouse uh uh, roadhouse with uh, patrick swayze and he's the bouncer and he's just the ultimate badass but he's he's super peaceful and he's doing tai chi up in his barn and he walks around and he tells all his people be nice if someone gets in your face be nice if someone talks about your mama be nice be nice until it's time to not be nice so how does how does the being the coming from the Marines, how does this discipline and personal personal calmness affect everything
1: you know a, a big part of it is uh, it's about a balance and it's about that the world is in balance, and so that whole warrior mentality is only only comes out when the world's not in balance right when one, when, when one person is attacking another and you want to put a stop to that or one country is attacking another, or one country is attacking us. Beyond that, if, as long as it's in balance, there's no need for that to come out. It's not like we have to lock up you know, the Marine Corps uh, when, when there's no time for war because we're all okay in the Marine Corps, right? We're not waiting for the next war. We're not excited for the next war, but we're ready for it when it happens. And, and, and the other piece of it, though, is about the accountability and personal responsibility of it. So, so I, I can have that, uh, that warrior mentality when I'm in the Marine Corps But but it comes from a sense of, not a sense of entitlement, but a sense of being right and doing right and making sure the world is right. It's kind of that balance piece. And by the way, that uh, speech from uh, Roadhouse is a classic and probably my my favorite movie of all time.
0: (laughs) Well, how can it not be? Yeah, and and it's just the perfect thing. And and it comes from, like you said, a, a place of being satisfied, being grateful for the blessings that you have and being prepared being prepared, whether it's going to war or going on a sales call, but the inner preparedness that that comes from getting ready. Um, uh, uh, you know, about three years ago, I, I started an exercise program, and I've, I've been I've ran every day for the last three plus years in a row, and uh, I'm still I'm still I still look like I look because this is how I look, but but the discipline I've gotten from that has been a million times more powerful than than the actual running. The fact that I know I can get up. And I can go eat this shins sandwich out in the 21 degrees that it is today. I can force myself to do this. If I can force myself to do this, I can force myself to make that next phone call.
1: Yeah, indeed. Indeed. That's that's that accountability. You're accountable to yourself. And, and, you know, no one would have begrudged you had you not run today in 21-degree weather, right? Uh, in fact, some people would have uh, consoled you, right? Those are called <laughs> enablers. Yeah, they would say, oh, Terry, no, no, you you did the right thing not running today. Heck, you could catch cold, whatever." I, no, right. so you 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 are accountable to yourself on that, and and that's what makes what that, for example, running for you. I hate running. Yeah.
0: Really done I <laughs> do too. <laughs> uh,
1: but that's what makes that so good for you is because you're the one that's making you do it. It's it's like sales, you know. Uh, I tell car salespeople all the time. All the things I taught you today. Don't worry, your managers are never going to make you do them. They're never going to make you make calls. They're never going to make you follow process. That's just right. the, the way it is in, in the car business, and it's in that way in most business businesses that that, that employ salespeople. No one's yeah. going to make you do the right things. You have to make yourself do it. You have to make yourself in the car business, for example, pick up the phone fifty times a day. If you want to sell thirty cars this month, you've got to make fifty quality phone calls every single day you're at work. Yeah. No one's gonna make you do it. Only you can make you do that.
0: Yeah, Jim Jim Ziegler in the car business has got a quote I love this says, we don't have a doing problem. We have a no we don't have a knowing problem. We have a doing problem. Everybody knows right. what to do. Yep. Knowing what to do is the easy part. Actually doing it is the hard part.
1: Indeed. That's it.
0: So let's talk about then this. this is kind of this is another pet topic of mine. I like, uh, I had I the show so I can have uh, conversations with interesting people about interesting things and stuff I want to talk about that maybe I wouldn't get a chance to talk about otherwise. But you've been around the car business a long time. You work, you work with dealerships. You work with, with salespeople. What's going on in the car business? Where, where, where are we going? How is this going to shake out in the next uh, five, ten years? What, what, do you, what do you see coming down the road?
1: I think the next 5, 10 years are going to be, uh, or the, the period, say, from 5 to 10 years. So, you know, go out to 2023, to, from that to 2028. Uh, that period is probably going to be the biggest shakeup in the car business that we've ever seen. For 100 years, people have not liked the car buying experience. For 100 years, people have said there's got to be a better way to buy a car. Along came eBay. You could buy a car without ever talking to anybody. Have it shipped directly to your house. Um, and yet, eBay doesn't account for very many vehicles sold today. The bulk of the vehicles sold today, new and used, all the new, but the bulk of the used are sold at dealerships in America. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, it's, and it's going to continue to be that way until something like an autonomous vehicle changes the dynamic where ownership is not as uh, desirable. And it's economics. It's when, it's when I can take an autonomous Uber to and from where i need to go cheaper than taking my own car and more convenient when that happens just like you know you, you, my book you can get it on amazon well, well amazon didn't create a better way to buy books they created a cheaper more convenient way to buy books people love going to bookstores people enjoyed bookstores it was a great customer experience bookstores didn't die because they had a bad customer experience they had the best customer experience if you ever went to a local bookstore you went in, you got a cup of coffee, you sat down, you read a couple chapters for free, you decided if you wanted to buy the book, if you bought it, you, did, you know, the people at the counter were nice. It was a great experience. Amazon comes along, undercuts their price, and makes it convenient where you can buy it from home. Guess what? No more bookstores. And so that's what's going to happen to dealers. There's going to be a time when ownership is more expensive and less convenient than the, op- the other options, which will be some form of public transportation, whether autonomous Ubers, autonomous buses whatever that is
0: so so it, it, yeah I, and and i agree i don't know, i don't i don't know when it is but i'm pretty sure that's what it is um, if, if if you're if you're a guy and you're selling cars or you're a sales manager at a ford dealership in uh, Tacoma, iowa and uh, and you're you're making a good living and you're 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 doing okay but you look out and you see this tidal wave coming 5 10 maybe 15 years down the road what do you do now to start getting ready for that
1: so, right, number one thing I do is I'm always driving my own up bus, right? So, in the car business, we call it an up bus, the people who come into the dealership, they're your next up. And we, we have this mythical uh, bus that delivers them. Yeah. And so, instead of uh, waiting for the dealership to run the right ad to drive people in the dealership, I'm going to be on social media, doing real social selling. I'm going to be doing all the things that, that I can do to generate my own business, just like that guy, you know, when I started and when I sold my first car in 1985, this little old guy named Joe sat in the back corner, had the little recipe box, you know, and he would go through and, and he would use, and he would uh, pull out his, uh, his prospects out of this little recipe box and, and, and call them. And he ran his own business. He, he ran a hundred percent referral business, sold 35 cars a month. He made his own business. That's what I would do today. I wouldn't get hung up on, gosh, where's the industry going to go? When their autonomous cars going to start to affect our lives? It's going to come when it comes, but if you're the best at what you're doing, if you're doing 30, 35 cars a month, when that starts to happen, you'll be the one that's left standing in the end. And not all dealerships are going to go away. Right. I mean, we're going to be trading used cars for 20 years from now. So uh, unless you're 18 starting in the business, you've probably got your career covered staying in autos.
0: Right. Yeah, and again, it's, it, the, you know, nothing, uh, nothing old is new because that recipe <laughs> box is just now all our Facebook friends. We, we all have That's the it. network at our fingertips. It can just, it's a much bigger recipe box. Indeed. All right, so let, let's talk about my action step. I promised everyone who watches the show, the show is, about, uh, is for entrepreneurs and salespeople. It's about creating health, happiness, and prosperity. It's about creating a better business, but also about building a better life. And I promise everyone that if they'll give me 30 minutes of their life, If they'll watch the show for 30 minutes a week, I will give them one thing that they can do today, that they can turn off their phone, put down the show, and start implementing in their business and their life to make their, make their lives better, to make their business better, to create more health, happiness, and prosperity. So what's one thing we can do today to start making things better?
1: So I gave this some thought, like I do everything, but the idea is I want to give you the one thing, and if I had only one thing, it would be this. Stop planning and start doing, okay? Too many business people become paralyzed by planning. Listen, planning's important, but for 99% of the things that we do in life and in business, it's overrated and overused. Let's create our goal, whatever our goal is. I want to make a million dollars next year. Great. Whatever that goal is, let's pick it. One goal. And then start doing. But weigh everything against the goal. I'm going to do a, to help me reach my goal. If a helps me reach my goal, then I will do it. If I say, you know, doing a won't help me make a million dollars next year, then I just don't do it. Instead, what we see is we see people making these plans and plans and plan after plan. You know, we talked about social selling a minute ago. I've taught real social selling to to rooms filled with 200 salespeople. And then I went back to those 200 salespeople two months later to see who had actually done a Facebook live video. And it's generally about one or two, literally half to 1% that have actually done a Facebook live video after I taught them how to do it 60 days prior. Why? Uh, You know, I've I've been thinking about it. I've been trying to work on something. I want to have the right concept. No, just do it. Just throw it out there. You know, like Gary Vee talks about, just create a bunch of content and throw it against the wall and see what sticks. Whatever it is you want to do, stop planning and start doing simple as that I mean that's the essence of hustling and that's where I came from prior to the Marine Corps but that is you're always moving and and you're watching things fall into place or not fall into place but you're not hung up on that and you do it as you go so my advice is to stop the planning and just start the doing start moving in that direction whatever direction that is
0: we uh, we talked about Gary Vaynerchuk we talked about Grant Cardone we talked about Marcus Aurelius and now you're talking about my all-time favorite philosopher Mike Tyson, <laughs> Mike, Mike Tyson says, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. That's and it. Uh, there's, there's no, you know, uh, the, 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 plans last until the first bullet's fired. And, uh, you know, planning and perfection is just a fallacy and it's, it's, it's procrastination. Planning is procrastination. People, you know, they, they put it, they put it all in their mind and run their mind over it. So they don't actually have to do anything.
1: You, you take anybody that's successful. And we talked about Grant Cardone. We talked about Gary V and, and, look at where they are today and then ask them 10 years ago is this where you saw yourself not not how much money you have but doing what you're doing and the answer is going to be no yeah. i mean the answer is no i really didn't see because what happens is when you're doing the opportunities start to just they just start to appear it's crazy yeah. um you know you can spend every saturday and sunday golfing for 6 hours with your buddy or buddies or you can spend every saturday and sunday doing something writing a book Recording videos, doing whatever it is, learning some skill set that you don't have yet. Whatever those things are, you start doing that. And amazingly, the opportunities just start to present themselves. Opportunities that you didn't even think about when you started down that road. You can plan yourself to death and, and, and never reach those goals. Or you can just start doing and the actions will begin to take care
0: of your plan. I tell everyone, it's like, it's like going down a hallway. Once you first start take, taking those first steps, there's doors that appear to you. And you yeah. couldn't see those doors from the other end of the hallway. You have That's to actually have to take a couple of steps before you can get there. That's perfect. So one of the things that people can do today is they can order them a copy of Shit Sandwich. Tell us, uh, tell us how to get a copy of the book. Tell us how to get in touch with you. Tell us uh, what you can do for us.
1: So uh, to buy the book, you can just go to Amazon.com, type in Shit Sandwich or Steve Stawning. Uh, and, uh, please enjoy the book from there, uh, to connect with me, to learn more about me, to do any of my free training, I have free video training on stevestawning.com. Uh, interestingly, I'm the only Steve Stawning in the world. So it's very easy to find me on LinkedIn or Facebook or Twitter. Just type Steve Stawning and you'll find me on all of those. Uh, you can read my blog at askthemanager.com. That's askthemanager.com. Uh, I also write for Car Biz Today and for the uh, Dealer Refresh blog. Uh, like I said, you can buy my book on Amazon, and and um, I think if you want to see, oh, and I'll be actually signing if you're if you're a car dealer, not in the car business, but a dealer or manager of a car dealership, I will be signing copies of my book at NADA with a vendor partner at their booth, but that's a secret right now who it is, so I can't.
0: Yeah. And I can't that's that, it that, that's in March in Vegas, yeah
1: that is in March in Vegas. And then I believe I'll be speaking at the innovative dealer summit in Denver in April.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, but that's not, um, they, they haven't announced the speakers yet, but most of my, or all of my other 2018, uh, presentations and keynote speeches are all private affairs. So yeah. uh, if you really want to connect, connect with me on LinkedIn, connect with me on Twitter and on Facebook, uh, happy to connect with everybody out there. I'll help you any way I can. All of my training is free online. I don't, uh, I don't, Sell any of my video training. It's all at stevestawny.com, mostly sales training with some leadership stuff and uh,
0: customer service
1: as well. So,
0: all right. So, that, I appreciate your time. Anything you want to leave us with before we go, Steve?
1: Uh, no, just uh, you know buy the book because uh, if you don't, I can't make a million dollars on the book.
0: That's, and, that's,
1: you know, so there you go.
0: There you go. Buy Steve's book. Steve, I appreciate your time. Thanks for being on the show. Terry, thank you so much. Take care, buddy. Bye now. Get you some radio. <laughs> You've been listening to the Get You Some Radio Show. Subscribe today at terrylancaster.tv to hear more episodes, win valuable cash and prizes, and get free training to help you create an army of buyers who know, like, and trust you before they've ever even met you. It's a big wide world, boys and girls. Get out there and get you some.